Hello and welcome to a God Shift Podcast. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. In these episodes, you will learn how to grow your faith, overcome adversity, and move into a greater destiny. Individuals, organizational leaders, and ministry leaders share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler, and I want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to A God Shift. But before we get started, I want to ask you a favor. So if you will take a screenshot of wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast and post that screenshot on your social media. When you do so, I would, number one, love if you would tag us here at A God Shift, and then just tell me what is your biggest takeaway or your biggest aha moment. One, I want to know what people like about the podcast. Two, I believe that the more times that it's shared, the more times I am likely to know that we are doing our job to help build the kingdom. I want to help believers overcome adversity. I want to help believers grow their faith. And I want to help believers to make their dreams come true. I don't care a thing about downloads. I couldn't even tell you how many downloads this podcast has. The only reason that I looked at it about two months ago was because the publisher that might pick up my book wanted to know how many downloads I had, and I didn't know the answer to that. So I don't do this for vanity reasons. I do this because I care about people's lives, and I care about the responsibility that I have to the kingdom. So thank you in advance for um, sharing this information in that way. All righty, let's get to it. So I am going to read my fabulous guest's bio to you, and then we're going to get into what I know is going to be a fantastic conversation because I already love her energy. It matches mine well. Y'all know I'm a ball of fire. All right, here we go. So my guest today is a full-time academic strategist, podcast host, and sought-after speaker for students ages 12 through 26, their parents, and the professionals who serve them. And she is the author of the book, Launch, How to Get Your Kids Through College Debt-Free and Into Jobs They Love Afterward. I don't know what parent doesn't want that. Her writing, speaking, and podcasting help parents set their kids up to graduate college debt-free, ready to move directly into careers they excel at and love. Her work has been featured in publications such as the Huffington Post, USA Today, Parents Magazine, U.S. News and World Report, and on CBS News. She also helps students apply to law, medical, business, and grad school at her website, getintomedschool.com. So welcome to the show, Jeannie Berlowski. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. It is so great to be here. I don't always get to talk about faith every time I'm interviewed. So when I saw you come across, I was very excited to be here because where our future and our planning for our future and our faith intersect, that's a very good place to sit for 30 minutes. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I always struggled with prior to, I'm going to say 2019, was I always felt like I had a siloed life. I felt like I was business Shana on one side. I was Jesus Shana on the other side. And if you hired business Shana, 
then you got Jesus, Shana, because I believe that everywhere you go, there you are. But I never really felt like I had a way to brand myself as the umbrella that encompasses everything that I am. And so I was so grateful when I learned how to build, to how to blend business and faith. As a matter of fact, if you all have been listening to this podcast for over a year, then you know that when I started, it was actually called Faith First Leadership. And we taught leaders how to blend what it is that they do personally with what it is that they do professionally. And it doesn't have a thing about saying in the morning, blessed and highly favored and walking around with a Bible under your, your <laughs> water cooler. So, so yes, we share the same sentiment, um, Jeannie, that I, I love to be able to blend business and faith. And even though we're not talking about business on this podcast, we're going to talk a lot about faith, but we are not going to leave here without talking about what it is that you do professionally, because I know that a large number of people that listen to a God shift, that they actually have children. And I don't know a parent alive, mine is 25 and out of college now, but I don't know a parent alive that would not want to send their kids to school debt-free and then make sure that they've set them up to actually directly go into a job that they love and not have to repeat this whole cycle over again. So we are not going to leave a guideship today without you sharing some tidbits about where they can get information for that. Yes. And I, and I would love to share a part of the story of how my walk with the Lord inspired me to see youth ministry on a much larger scale. Yeah. One thing to help kids to encounter Jesus, which we want to do, but when they walk out of the church youth group meeting or when they walk out of church on Sunday and they're uh, thinking about their future and they're thinking about where am I going to go to college or job training? Wow, we want them to have the best, most inspired direction on that journey. And yeah. if we can get them to this goal of being full of faith and full of the spirit, and they are at the same time debt-free and ready to step, step directly into whatever God is calling them to do. We have put the kids in an extraordinarily good place. I love that. So let's talk about the spirit for a moment. So this is a God shift. And I, my definition of a God shift is the moment that we unlock our kingdom authority, collide with God's purpose, and move into a greater destiny. And kingdom authority seems to be one of those things that they either automatically get it right away or they automatically don't. So I want to share, I want to start by sharing my definition of kingdom authority. I believe that kingdom authority is the birthright that we were given to do exactly what Jesus did and more. And the two scriptures that I like to use about that is number one, in John and four, in John and 14, in John 14 and 12. It says, greater works than these shall you do in my name because I'm going with the Father. So God was already in heaven. Jesus left the earth to go sit at the right side of the Father. And guess what? The only thing was that was left here with us, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit works within us. It tells us in Acts that when the Spirit comes upon us, that it gives us power. Well, what is that power? It's, you know, we, we don't think about that. We love to say that, oh, when the Spirit comes upon you, you get power. But that power is for you to use it. That power is for you to take authority in your life. And so one of the things that I would love to do or that I do do at the beginning of every single episode is ask my guests, what is your personal definition of kingdom authority? Well, I like to go back to John 15, verse 5, where Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man or a woman abides in me, 
and I abide in him or her, you will bear much fruit. And then I love this part of what he said, where he said, without me, you can do nothing. And years ago, I used to think, excuse me, Jesus, I am really a competent person. I can probably do quite a bit without you. But you know what? To really, I mean, then I had my God shift. Then I had calling and I had cleansing and I had a new birth and a new life. And I saw things quite differently. And what I like to think of is Jesus is saying in that line where he says, without me, you can do nothing. I like to picture him saying, you know, all that stuff you were going to do without me, that's nothing. Just wait until you can see what we could possibly do together. And why do our as great kingdom authority, and I think that kingdom authority, and you think about God's priorities, I always imagine it directed towards helping people, developing people, helping people to rise, helping people to be stronger. Um, that I think that is very close to God's heart, especially helping the poor. And I hope that we might talk about that today. And when we, um, when, when the New Testament talks about the word believe, we, we refer to ourselves as believers. Jesus says, believe. Um, the, the, when you dig into what that word means, it is talking about clinging to him, trusting in him, relying on him, but uh, leaning confidently upon him with great expectancy and hope and full all on commitment. And when we are clinging to him in that way, then he can flow through us just like the juices of life flow through a, a vine and into a branch and bear much fruit. And I, as I think about what happened to you as you moved from sort of being the siloed person and you were in business and then you had the Jesus part of yourself, part of our goal that not many people talk about is when you start bearing much fruit, every piece of fruit is full of seeds. Yes. And so part of our call to walk with Jesus and ask him, where should I plant these seeds? I've just got so many seeds and the field is so big and the world is so hungry. You got to please direct me so I know where would you like to have some orchards on this earth? Just send me. I'll take all my seeds and we'll plant them there together. Yeah. You know, you know what I love about something that you said, Jeannie? Um, and I'm always looking for scriptures to add to my scripture bank for kingdom authority. And I now have to add John 15. When you talked about, I am the vine, you were the branch. The thing that came to mind is what I want people to really take away from kingdom authority is that we're not overriding God's power. We're looking at how we partner with it. Because I don't know any relationship that you could possibly be in that it's always the sole responsibility of one person to do everything. So whether you're working on a project or whether you're working on your marriage, it's not the responsibility of just one person to do everything. So why would it be any different with God? Now, we obviously know that God is God all by himself and he doesn't need us. Like we can't do it without him, but he's not gonna do it without us. And so it was almost like the visual that I saw when you talked about, I am the vine and you are the branch. It's almost like if I'm the vine, I'm feeding life into your branch. And that's the only point in which the fruit really comes. And so it's like kingdom authority is really operating in tandem with God. It's not designed to replace God's power, but it is to recognize that God is not going to just sit back and just do you. He's not going to let you sit back and go, okay, God showed me what my plan, his plans are for my life. And I'm just going to sit here and wait on him to do it. It doesn't work like that. 
Um, and so I, I'm so glad that you brought that to the light, that it shows really the relationship that operates in authority. Because I had somebody ask me two weeks ago, so are you saying we're Jesus? And I said, no, but I am saying that I'm his sister. And if I'm his sister, that means that as brothers and sisters, that there are certain, certain rights that we have as God's child. And it tells us in Romans that we are the heirs of Christ. So if I'm Jesus's sister, then I'm an heir of Christ. And there's a lot of authority that comes along with that. There's no way that he's going to give my brother the power and authority to do things and then leave me out of it. It makes me think of this. Uh, there's a quote from uh, Erwin Lutzer, who's the author of the book, How to Break a Stubborn Habit. And he has a prayer that he uh, encourages people to pray in, when they need to just break strongholds. And it starts this way. Father, I thank you that Jesus Christ has ascended far above all principalities and powers. I rejoice that because I am joined to him, I participate in his victory. I thank you that Satan and his armies have been defeated and must be subject to the exalted Savior. Now, in Jesus' name, I ask you that. And then he teaches us to pray from that position of authority. He already got the victory, and I am participating in that. And uh, when we realize that we've got the God of the universe who made the sun and the moon and the stars and the mountains, and he was just loving the idea of partnering with us like a vine and a branch so that together we can do great things to help and bless people on this earth. It is just nothing but exciting. And, and I hope empowering. You know what I mean? I hope that there's times, that I hope that as people are listening to this, they're like, my God in heaven, I should have been doing something different. So I want to talk about your life for a minute. So when we look at, I think you gave a very great definition of kingdom authority and how it operates or how it should operate in the lives of believers. So as I was reading your bio, there were a lot of amazing accolades. There's a lot of things that you've currently done that are amazing there's things that you've done in the past that were amazing, but I'm curious if you can think of a time in your life that you that you had to exercise kingdom authority for yourself to either overcome an adversity or grow your faith or whatever to get to where it is that you are today. Yeah. Wow. What a great and a deep question. So for 25 years, I have owned a consulting practice where I help students apply to law school, medical school, graduate school, and business school. And when I'm with those clients, I always have to ask them about their student loan debt. I have to say, how much student loan debt do you have right now if we're looking at the cumulative? Because if a student says to me, I have $185,000 in student loan debt right now, and I'm only a junior in college, sometimes I have to tell them, you actually can't go to medical school right now because you would never be able to pay all your debt off on a doctor's salary once you add $300,000 worth of medical debt on there. You would have to work in the emergency room during the day and deliver pizzas at night just to make ends meet. Yes. So I started... I really started to see the heartbreak of student loan debt, not just in articles in the newspaper, but up close and personal in the faces of people that I genuinely cared about. But on the other hand, the happy part of this is that God put me in a position where I could be exposed to amazing ideas for staying debt-free because... I would sometimes ask clients over 25 years, how much student loan debt do you have right now? And they'd go, I have zero. Yeah. And I'd say, you have zero? How did you do that? Because I just had the $185,000 girl in my office. 
And sometimes they would say, uh, oh, I did tuition reimbursement job while I was in college. I worked for real money part-time, and they not only gave me a paycheck, but they sent money to my school to help pay my tuition. Or they would say, I took college classes in high school under a dual enrollment program in my state, and I walked across the stage at my high school graduation with two years of college already done at state expense. The state paid for everything. And I'm going, Wow. And I'm writing this down because here's what the spirit of God inside of you will do. It will take ideas and immediately connect it to, I could help this person with that. I could help another person with that. Wow. This is going to be so useful for someone over here. So I would write down all these ideas and they just piled up over, over, over really years of me getting ideas. And then I I had to make a decision. And here's where you're asking me about kingdom authority. What am I going to do with all this information? I all of a sudden became, well, not all of a sudden, it was over a period of years. I became the person with more debt-free college information than anyone else I knew. I bet. Wasn't hearing about anybody that was on online that was talking about this the way that uh, the, the details that I knew about. And then because of my credential as an academic strategist, I help people get into Harvard Medical School. So I'm in a really good position to vet these ideas and tell you which ones are terrible ideas, which ones are not. Take a whole bunch of CLEP exams and try to sew them together and lie and say you have a bachelor's degree? No, we are not going to do that. I do not want a doctor that CLEPed out of biology. Now, a few of those is an okay idea, but we're not going to go with this program some people do where they just try to make it seem like they have a degree, but really they don't. An academic strategist would never go for that. So we take some ideas and throw them out the window. And then the ones that are great, that aren't going to hurt anything, that will never hurt your application to a PhD program or to law school or whatever God is calling you to do, those are super valuable. So I had to make a decision. I had to decide, am I going to just have a consulting practice where I help rich people get their kids through college debt-free? Because I could have done it. Wouldn't you pay $5,000 to save your kid $50,000 in debt that's going to just keep mounting up and mounting up as interest is piled on over decades? Of course you would. And I had to make this decision. And because I walk in faith and because I have had this God shift, I've had this experience of belief where I've asked Jesus, would you just come and get every evil thing out of me that is trying to keep me from you? Everything that was sent to steal, kill, and destroy that's inside of me, just take it all out. I don't want anything to do with it. I want you to transform my heart so that I can walk in newness of life. And I've been walking with Jesus and there was no way I could do this for rich people. I mean, the rich people, I will help them if they go on Amazon and find the book that I wrote. But I put it all into a book that anybody can get for free at the library. Yeah. And why did I do that? Because I wanted it to be accessible to single moms in the inner city who love their kids just as much as anybody else does. I wanted to be able to go out and speak at a really the low income school where there's the poorest of the poor. And I want to be able to stand on that auditorium stage and say, 
you can do this. Don't let anybody tell you you can't go to college because it's too expensive and you can't afford it. There are actually clever strategies that you can use in order to get through completely debt-free and ready to step directly into a career you excel at and love. And I want, I want it, and I do this. I want to be able to just donate a book to the school and say to the kids, just go to the office, sit there right by the secretary's desk and just read this book for free. And the title of the book I wrote is Launch How to Get Your Kids Through College Debt-Free and Into Jobs They Love Afterward. So the phrase to notice is how to get your kids. It's really a book um, aimed at parents of kids ages 12 to 18. But word has gotten back to me that kids whose parents aren't involved, whose kids, whose parents can't be involved, whose parents don't speak English, kids in the foster care system who have no stable adults in their lives are getting hold of this book and they're walking through the steps because it's everything in the book is laid out according to your kid's current month and year in school. So it says, if you've got a kid in May of ninth grade, here's what to do right now. And then the next chapter says, if you've got a kid in September of 10th grade, here's what to do right now. Little bite-sized pieces, very strictly step-by-step so nobody gets overwhelmed, right? right? So it's getting back to me that kids are getting the book and walking through the steps on their own. And then when they get stuck, the book tells them, the book says, if you're a student reading this book and you're stuck, find your caring adult. Identify who is your caring person. And it could be your best friend's parents, or it could be a youth pastor, or it could be a guidance counselor at school. Just bring them the book and say, she is saying to do this. And I don't know what this word means. Or yes. she's saying this and I'm stuck and your caring adult will get you over the over the hump. So I want to peel back what you said and because I want to make sure that I dissect um, out what I think I heard you say is that you feel that the way that you were able to use kingdom authority in your life is to actually take the God idea that was given to you and use that to change other people's lives. Did I hear that correctly? Yes, I would say the way to view it is I felt like I was given this phenomenal gift. I didn't deserve it. I didn't even ask for it. But all of a sudden, I ended up with all this knowledge that could really help and change the world. And where the pivotal point came for me is, are you going to just use this for rich people and have your goal of your life be making money? Right. Or are you going to follow the example of Christ who cared about the poorest of the poor, who mentioned the poor more often than almost any other topic in the New Testament. There's a book a lot of your listeners have read, and it's called The Hole in the Gospel. And it's a book that talks about how the church today is not paying enough attention to the poor people and to the least of these. If you consider a biblical perspective on the world and on life and on living and um, I, I, I see that. I see Jesus caring about the poor. And right now, in 2022, where we're recording this, the, the people who feel like they're at the bottom of the barrel, who feel like they are, are not a candidate for success or for exciting career, those are the people I think Jesus really cares about reaching out to them and saying, Honey, you have a dream. You're in ninth grade, but I have put something in you that's going to make you amazing at blessing the world, unlocking your own kingdom authority, doing something with all your strengths and your talents and your gifts that I've given you. And I want to be partnering with Jesus as he equips that girl or that guy so that they can get all the education they need to make that happen. 
So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want us to actually share some tips of how people can bring all of this information together. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to follow God's plan to move you into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. Head to GodSaysShift.com. That's GodSaysShift.com to access it now. So, Jenny, we've, we've shared a lot of a lot of stories and a lot of theory. And one of the things that I really always want to make sure that I do on every single episode is actually give people tips that they can say, you know what? At the end of the day, I know that I can write this down that I need to do and how I need to do it, because I think that that's how we really transform people's lives. So if there is someone that is listening to this episode and they go, I love the way that Shana has utilized kingdom authority in her life. I love seeing how Jeannie has been able to use kingdom authority in her life and actually be able to equip other people's lives as well. But I'm still struggling to try to figure out how exactly I can use kingdom authority in order to shift my life into better circumstances. So if you could share one tip, what would be your best tip of how they can execute kingdom authority in their own life? Oh, wow. This is an exciting question. So I'm going to have an unusual answer for you. I want to use the example of a big, thick rubber band. A rubber band, you imagine a really big, thick one that came around a package or something. Now, just imagine for a moment that anything or anyone you pray for could be placed inside this circle and it can stretch infinitely. So any concern, any worry you have, any person that you're worried about, any people group that you're worried about, if you're worried about all the people in China, all the people in China will fit in this circle because it can stretch to an unlimited extent. Now, I got a friend named Dina. She has a prayer list on her bathroom mirror. And she, from time to time, she'll say, do you still want to be on my prayer list? She says to all her friends on Facebook, she actually has names of people and she goes through and prays for people. I appreciate that. But I got so many people I want to pray for and so much that I want to pray for. Every heartbreak in this world, all the headlines I see in the newspaper, the the people that are various ages and stages of life, I can't fit all their names on my bathroom mirror. So I just ask God to just put these people and causes that I care about in the middle of this infinitely expanding elastic circle. And then in my prayer time, I ask God to accomplish these things I'm praying about. I use this phrase, in us. Please accomplish this in us. And that means me, my family, my children. Every single person I have put in this circle accomplished something great in all of us. And if there's one strategy that I could bring to your uh, to your listeners that are here today, I love to pray scripture over the people that are in the circle. So um, I, I'm going to give you an example. This is from Micah 7, verse 7 from the Message Bible. And I have just pulled this out at random from a list of scriptures that I pray on a regular basis. And here's what that scripture says. But me, I'm not giving up. I'm sticking around to see what God will do. I'm waiting for God to make things right. I'm counting on God to listen to me. And so I would pray that scripture over everyone in this circle like this. God, help us to not give up. 
Help us to truly stick around to see what God will do. Help us to wait for you to make things right. Help us to count on you, to cling to you, trust in you, rely on you, believe in you, counting on you to listen to us when we pray. And it's just, a Shana, it's amazing to me how you have this large group of people and causes and things you're praying about. You pray scripture over those things. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you know, there's most people have heard, if you pray according to the will of God, you have what you pray for. Well, you just can't come closer to the will of God than the word of God. That's right. Oh, this is a phenomenal way to build faith. And then to when you start to see things shifting and happening, you're seeing God shifts in the uh, lives of people that you care about, or you prayed about kids ages 12 to 18 that live in the United States. And then you start to hear there's revival happening among kids ages 12 to 18. You think to yourself, I prayed about that. Yes. I remember the day I prayed scripture over exactly that cause. And so uh, for people who are saying, I love this idea. I Shana and Jeannie are so excited about helping the world and having kingdom authority and power I want that, but I don't feel like I have it. I would say two very simple steps. One, the elastic circle. Just put anybody in there. You only have to mention it one time, and God will always remember everyone you've put in that circle. And then the next thing is to just find scriptures and pray those words over yourself and everything in the circle and just see your life start to transform as you cling to, trust in, rely on, believe in, lean confidently on Jesus, the way of the way a branch just is embedded into a vine and just watch to see yeah. what kind of exciting things might flow through you. I totally agree with that tip. As a matter of fact, seven days ago, um, last Thursday, before I left home to head to the airport, I did an Instagram reel. And in that reel, I said, one of my most favorite and effective ways to pray is praying according to his will. What's his will? It's his word. And so I believe that praying scripture is very, very powerful. And if we want to look at scripture that supports that strategy, scripture tells us that the Lord's, that the Lord's words will not return to him void. Right. So if you are praying scripture, you know that you are always safe in that prayer that you are praying. And not that God doesn't hear our prayers, but it's just such more, it just is such of a more powerful way to pray. Instead of like one of my mentors says, I'm tired of hearing people pay, pray beggars prayers. Oh, We don't beg God for anything. He didn't want you begging him, you know, but what he does want you to do is pray with power and authority. And if you are praying scripture, then you know you are basically just reminding him what it is that he's already told you and what it is that he has already promised you. Yes. And some of the uh, what people encounter when they try to pray is they get bored. Because how many times can you say, Jesus, thank you and bless me and bless my family? You, yeah. just, you just naturally run out of things to say. But the scripture is so rich with ideas on what we could pray about, who we could pray for, and what kinds of things that we could pray for. Um, Lord, I pray that the loving kindness of the Lord that is from everlasting to everlasting be on us. I pray that we would 
reverently be amazed by you. I pray that your righteousness would be to our children's children. That just comes right out of Psalm 103 verses 17 through 19 in the Amplified Bible. I love to use the Amplified Bible. Anyone can find it easily on uversion.com because it always gives me a few extra explanatory words I never thought of before. It gives such more context. Oh, it gives me more and it gives me more things to be able to pray about. Uh, and uh, here's another tip. I do this while I'm exercising. <laughs> so I'm really killing two birds with one stone because I'm a high achiever like you are, right? So every morning I get up, I am thanking the Lord for specific things. I am praising and then I'm hopping on my bicycle and I am praying uh, while I'm on the bike. And then I'm really going for a walk as well while I'm reading the scripture and praying yeah. Yeah, people. If it encourages me to exercise and it encourages me to pray, they're happening at the same time. I love that. So, Jenny, we've got to begin to wrap this conversation up. But where can our listeners find you and follow you? Yes. So the be- very best thing I have for any parent of a kid listening today, they got a kid between the ages of twelve and eighteen. This is. Uh, the easiest way to get to my website, debtfreecollege.us, that's going to be in the show notes. This is where parents can go and right at the top in the big red box, they can get free, fast-paced 10-minute video training on exactly what to do right now to get kids they care about through college debt-free and into jobs they love afterwards. So this is the key jumping off place. Perfect. And it's, I'll just say it again, it's debtfreecollege.us. And all you want is one 10-minute video that's based on the age of your kid. You'll see it right at the top in the big red box. Perfect. And is there anything else that you would like to offer people if they want to take things further with you? Or is that the best yes. place? To yes. Well, that's the best place to start. But what parents tell me is they're working through steps in the book because it's all very step by step. It's every chapter is labeled with your kid's current month and year in school. And sometimes parents are fearful because the stakes are high and they love their kids and they don't want to make a mistake. And so sometimes they're reading along in the book and they think, oh, I wish I could ask Jeannie this question. They'll think, oh, I'm having a behavior problem. My child won't cooperate. We're supposed to have the kids doing chores so they learn about responsibility and about starting a job, working on it, completing it. And my kid refuses. You've got a strong-willed kid because that's part of God's call on their life. That strong will is going to be needed for the future, but it is hard to parent. (laughs) So people who think, I got a question about job shadowing, volunteering, or encouraging someone to succeed academically... I have a tribe and people say that this is the most helpful thing that I have. This is where a select group of parents and professionals meet with me online about 10 to 15 times a year. They get special classes from me and they get special opportunity to interact with me on Zoom. So they'll be able to ask me their individual questions and have me answer them specifically. And it's very inexpensive. It's 30 to like $29.99 a month. A person can un- unsubscribe at any time. And that is at bit.ly forward slash Berlowski tribe. And it's all lowercase, all one word. You are L O. Most of those things will be in the show notes. So, Jeannie, I thank you so much. For being I knew here. I had a sign about that. There we go. I thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing nuggets with our listeners. 
Listeners, I thank you for being here. Again, I ask that you share, share, share this episode. I pray that it encouraged you and that you will consider going back and listening to previous episodes and later episodes as well. So it's Shana Rattler signing off. You guys have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.